Hey, it's Madison, the Black Eagle, and here's a highlight from today's show. My agenda is crime. My agenda is homelessness. My agenda is the way the state was shut down. My agenda- that agenda, says Elder, includes rolling back the state's COVID restrictions, vowing to repeal mask and vaccine mandates for California state workers. Will you follow the science? I'm going to follow the science. Uh, I'm going to do, I, I don't believe the science uh, suggests that young people should be vaccinated. I don't believe the science suggests that young people uh, should have to wear masks uh, at, at school. I'm not sure the science is settled on that at all. And young people are not likely to contract the, uh, the uh, coronavirus. And when they do, their symptoms are likely to be mild and they're not likely to be hospitalized. And they're certainly not likely to die. The science says he's wrong on two counts. Millions of children have tested positive for COVID-19. And masks are proven to prevent the spread of the virus. Let me bring, I'm going to skip uh, our usual opening because I wanted to get the president of the National Education Association up, uh, Becky Pringle. Oh, Becky, thank you, first of all, uh, Madam President, for taking the time to be with us again. Can I just get your... I don't know, professional response to what you just heard or your visceral response. You can pick or both. Go right ahead. (laughs) Oh, it's good to be with you again, Joe. (laughs) Um, Actually, we are one in the same. Joe, you know I taught science for over 30 years. So I've been saying throughout this pandemic, follow the science, listen to the infectious disease experts, and work with the community and parents, educators, everyone coming together because it is our shared responsibility to keep our students safe. We know that masks keep our students safe. We know that the vaccines work and everyone who can be vaccinated should be vaccinated. We know that it is absolutely essential that we do regular testing Those three things are what we are looking to make sure all students, all educators, everyone in our schools has so our kids can go back to school safely and they can remain in school, Joe. That's so important. What what is your union, what is the union doing as it relates to this? And I'm talking about the National Education Association. What efforts are you taking uh, to, to, to make all of this happen, to get these children back in school, keeping teachers safe? And, and are, are, are your hands tied with what you can and can't do? Well, so first of all, you know, we're the largest labor union in this country. We have over 3 million members. You may not know this, but we have members in every single congressional district throughout the country. And so in the, in the early spring, we, with our collective power, made sure that the American Rescue Plan was passed. And let me tell you what that helped us do. In those schools that did not have the resources, and Joe, you know what schools I'm talking about. They have been under-resourced forever. These are our marginalized communities that are still, we were sending our students to sick buildings. They didn't have ventilation. They didn't have the money to improve the air quality in their school. So we fought for that money. And now through the summer, educators all over the country work to put those dollars into place so that they could welcome their students back to school in a safe and healthy school. So we, we did that. 
that and that was absolutely important. All students had access to PPE. They had access to the resources they needed to stay safe. And now, as we hear people politicizing our student safety, that is unacceptable. That is absolutely irresponsible. And so we are speaking out with our collective power and our collective voices, making sure that we are saying what we know is true. We already have the evidence that masks save lives, that the more people in a community who are vaccinated, the safer our students are that we have to have those resources to continuously test and make sure that everyone is staying safe. And and I, I've been reading, uh, particularly in the state of Florida, your members, as well as other uh, states, but particularly Florida, they're, they're fighting back, I mean, to the governor, who is saying, well, you know what, maybe I'll, I'll uh, take your money from you, your salaries uh, from you. What are you hearing from your members uh, in, in, in that regard? Absolutely, Joe. It is so important that our members lift up their voices, and I am very, I'm so proud of them, and I'm proud of the superintendents and the school boards in Florida and other places who are standing up Mm-hmm. The governor DeSantos. They're standing up and they're defying him. And yeah, and the these NBA, aren't. And are, by the we, way, these aren't union members. I didn't hear you, Joe. No, I said the the superintendents and school boards. They're not necessarily union members, but they're standing with your members. That's exactly right. And not only that, we the, at the NEA work with Secretary Cardona, the U.S. Secretary of Education. And he sent letters to those school districts ensuring them that any funds that, the, that Governor DeSantos would, would take away from them, he would make sure they were made whole through okay. federal funding. So we are working to make sure that if, if he takes any of those steps, that those schools do not lose out on that funding. So we just had five educators die in Florida. This is real. And we will not stop until we ensure that our students and educate those people who dedicated their lives to educating our nation's students are safe. Um, the, the, um, the other question I wanted to ask, um, they, that the, uh, the U.S. Department of Education, they, they also are using, and I don't know if people really understand how this works, but they're also using the Civil Rights Division to investigate schools that won't let kids wear a mask. How does that work, and why are they taking that approach? The the U.S. Department of Education is using every possible tool and strategy to keep our students safe because they, like educators all over this country, want our students to be in-person, learning and growing and thriving together. So they're using every strategy, including making sure that their Office of Civil Rights does what it needs to do to make this a civil rights issue. Because, Joe, you know that our students who are our, our black and brown and indigenous students have been more affected by the pandemic yeah. and all of the crises it spawned, the economic crisis, the health care crisis, housing crisis, all of those things affected those students and their communities more than others. 
And so we know it is issues. There, there are issues of equity that are involved here. And so the Office of Civil Rights is using its what, whatever is at its, its disposal to make sure that our students have what they need. All right. Finally, uh, uh, Becky Pringle, uh, first of all, thanks for coming on earlier this morning. What, what should my audience do? How can they support you and your members as, as we go through this uh, battle? I, I, I started the morning show saying th- this is war for all practical purposes, um, and uh, we've got to treat it like war. The COVID is the enemy. Um, what should my audience do, and how can they help you and your teachers? I would ask that your audience um, accept its responsibility. Uh, you heard me say earlier that, that we all, all of us, all the adults in the system have a shared responsibility to ensure our students are safe and that they are engaged and that they are learning. And so there are three things that, that everyone needs to be thinking about as we, as we continue to manage through this pandemic. Three Cs. We want to collaborate. We want to, we want to communicate. And we want to consistently apply all of the mitigation strategies we know keep people safe. So I'm asking your listeners to reach out to educators and work with them to lift their voices. Because at the end of the day, Joe, we know in schools, I didn't know this when I started teaching, but I know it now, every decision that's made for our students and for our schools, for educators, is one that's made by someone who is elected or appointed to office. So if they are not doing the right thing for our students, then we need to hold them accountable come that next election. And we are doing that, starting that work right now. All right. Let me thank you for coming on. We'll stay in touch. Um, as I'm, I'm like you, I, you know, I've got grandchildren now, and my my children are at wit's end, you know, and 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 they, the one thing they want, they just simply want their children safe, and they want them to have a normal. Uh, school experience like they grew up with. And we're just, I I never thought we'd have this fight. I I never thought there would be this kind of politicalization over something as simple as wearing a mask. Uh, But, uh, you know, I tell this audience, uh, this is not about collective bargaining. (laughs) This has nothing to do with this fight. And we've got to get behind uh, Becky Pringle and the, and the union and, and be ready to raise our voices, as she said. Uh, thank you, Madam President. We'll, we'll talk again. Thank you so much, Joe. This is absolutely about collective action, and we yeah. all need everyone yeah. in our communities to help us keep yeah. our students safe. Yeah, we're going to have to speak up and, and speak loudly. Thank you so much. Uh, all right, 10 after the hour. I've got Weber from Tennessee, who is an ICU nurse. Um, Weber, thank you for holding. And let me thank uh, the president, uh, Becky Pringle, of the uh, uh, National Teachers Association, representing three million teachers out there. And teachers, by the way, 
give me a call. Uh, you just heard the president of your union, your response. Um, go ahead, Weber. Yes, Mr. Madison, um, thank you for ha- taking my call. Um, I'm calling just to um, shed light on some things that are going on in the medical world that most people may not know is going on, and it shows the the madness that we're living with right now. Um, you have a lot of people that are anti-vaxxers and anti-maskers, and, you know, they don't really understand this is about public health. But unfortunately, well, unfortunately, they show up to the hospitals and want to be treated. And the, the irony with all of this is while at the hospital, our treatment for COVID as it stands, primarily we do give uh, steroids, um, something called Decadron. Um, we give another medication called Remdesivir, which is an antiviral which hasn't been completely approved by the FDA, but it, we're just doing it to, and it is helping. And in addition to that, the hospital that I work at um, has been giving, been approved to give one more uh, experimental drug, which is called bisotinib. It's a um, drug used for rheumatoid uh, arthritis. And my my comment is the irony is these people resist the vaccine, but they agree to experimental treatment. And uh, Joe, it's it's getting it's exhausting, it's exhausting talking to people, trying to convince them, you know, of the wisdom of masking and keeping their distance and getting their vaccine. And it's it's I just wanted people to know that this is going on. People are resisting vaccines which do help and uh masks that do help but they agree to experimental um drugs which and and i and i bet you Weber, they probably don't even ask you what's in it no or even engage you do they they do not they just take it quietly no work no 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 protest whatsoever yeah, and you know what, and, and, and I'm just, I, again, this is not complicated. They hear something on conservative talk radio, and they are, they, they, they accept it, and, and or they read something on the Internet or they hear a podcast, and without question, they just accept it. Then you get someone like you, who this is your field of expertise, and it's like you don't count. Now, I'll just be honest with you. That is absolutely... And and I used to I used to always try to be a little thoughtful. Well, you can't call these people stupid. You can't say they're ignorant. You can't say this because and 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 um, because you can't insult them to the point that they'll do the right thing. It's just like with no. with folks we used to uh, we would say you know it's really ignorant not to vote. 
and they don't care. Uh, let me tell you another, uh, Weber, another comparison just came to my mind. Do you know how many people died for the right, to, so you would have the right to vote? And black folk, white folk, they would, but particularly young black, I don't care. They don't care. And it's the same mentality, Weber. It's the same mentality. I really don't care how many people have died. You actually have people on their deathbed, sir, that are dying that still deny what's happening. And that's scary. That's scary. You're absolutely correct, sir. Yeah. I mean, they, they, they don't. I, I, I can't even, I, I, I mean, I'm sorry, I can't even, I, I, I can't, fan, I don't even know where that thought process is. How do they explain being there? They don't. Being there. They don't. How do they explain they being sick don't. and going to the hospital? They don't. This is, you know, Weber and Sherry, this is one of the mistakes I think we make. They, you asked an honest question, how do you explain it? They don't, and they don't care. They don't believe they, they have don't COVID? Believe, no. Uh, no, they, they know they have COVID. They know they have COVID, but they don't care. They don't e- explain. You can't, there's certain things, there's certain things. You can't, ex- that they can't explain it. That's why they don't. And won't listen to somebody like Weber <laughs> who can't explain it. Well, I can explain how I put you over in a tent and keep a minimum number a of beds open. Yeah, open yeah. for people who really need them in an ICU. I mean, I, I, I mean, I, control. I, yeah, I could be cruel. Yeah. And, and simply say, there. I could be really cruel and say, oh, you're taking up a bed yep. that a heart attack patient mm-hmm. uh, really needs mm-hmm. right now because your dumbass wouldn't get mm-hmm. vaccinated. So therefore, uh, we're going to take your ass off this bed, get you out of this bed, give it to the person who really needs it, and then you just have to deal with your stupidity. Mike from Michigan. Uh, I, I Go ahead, Mike. Good morning, Joe. Good morning, Sherry and crew. Go right ahead. Can you hear me? Yes. Yes, uh, I just want to make a comment because I'm getting frustrated just like everybody else. And I'm glad I'm starting to see businesses that are getting frustrated. I work in uh, Michigan, and there's a CVS near my job, and the sign says, word for word, with or without vaccines, masks are required. If you, if we have to argue with you about this, your service will be refused. Yeah, there you go. That's it. I mean, that. that and by the way, businesses have the right to do it and 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 so again i'll i'll simplify it no shirt no shoes no mask no service bing that's all you got to do and 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 you and if you come in and you and you wear if you don't you don't wear it you're not wearing a mask then whoever the uh security person is the guard or whoever that person will be required to escort you out the door. You and we will not let you. You won't get service. That's all you have to do. That's all you have to do. And then if there is some business person that decides, well, I'm going to go opposite that, then let them go opposite. 
let them go opposite. They they have a right to it. That's if that's their case. Now, it, 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 it once again, I think we're at a point where we do have to mandate. We do have. It, it's just gotten to that point because people are just, just. I'm all and, for mandate. I, yeah, and and there are going to be those folks who are going to test the mandate. There are going to be those folks, but you know, reality is. If your child, we mandate vaccines for all kinds of diseases, all kinds of viruses, from whooping cough to polio, from A to Z, whatever it might be. And and um, we can do it again if we have to, to save people's lives. 20 after the hour, Sarah, and then I'll take a break from, uh, go ahead, Sarah, from Georgia. Mr. Madison, do you want to hear the most craziest thing? Here in Georgia, I heard on the local news uh, last week that one of the school districts was fighting with these parents about wearing masks, for the children wearing masks. Right. So what he did was he took one of the schools and made it a non-mask school. Any parent don't want their child to wear a mask, you have to go to the school. And so, you know, any teacher don't want to wear a mask, you can teach at this school. Okay. In one week's time, they had to close the school. And the reason why they had to close the school wasn't because the school was overfilled and kids were getting sick. None of the parents put their kids in the school. They only had registered 25 kids. So when you say that they're trying to kill us, people listen Mm -hmm. to what he said. Madison is saying because they want you and your kids and your family to be be, uh, contaminated because at the end of the day, this COVID is a plague. It is killing people. But they, so when this superintendent had to close the school because none of these parents who, well, my kids are going to lose oxygen, none of them would register their kids in this school. So what is that telling us? Well, let me tell you, you just heard uh, Becky Pringle say that just told us who is disproportionately impacted by this whole epidemic? It's children and adults of color. We are disproportionately impacted by it. Now, you just heard her say that, and you are 100% right. There is what, what do they call it when there's war and sometimes people get killed with friendly fire? Um, collateral, collateral damage. Damage. Co- collateral damage. They know the some of these folk out here that that they never they don't show their hands. You can't put a name to them, but it's collateral damage. They know. Oh, you know what? There are going to be some folk who are not Hispanic and black that are going to die. But that's collateral damage. Just be willing to sacrifice your you and your child. Uh, because we're really focused in on eliminating. Come on, Madison, listen to me, y'all, that, that we're really focusing on eliminating a population 
that the recent census told us within the next two or three decades, these are going to be the majority people. Well, how do we prevent them from being the majority people? Well, I'll tell you how we do it. What we'll do is we'll we'll push this lie. We'll push this disinformation uh, that that uh, you don't need this. Don't take this. Don't wear a mask. Don't social distance. But you know what will happen? What's that? Uh, uh, my child, who's not black, my child, who's not brown, my child may die. My father may die. My spouse or wife may die. My grandchild may get sick. Well, that's, you just, you're, hey, guess what? You're collateral damage. And Mr. Madison. Now, that's what's happening, ladies and gentlemen. Exactly. You are so right. Because I kept saying they're going to have to segregate schools if these parents are going to let these kids keep coming in here with no mask. So the superintendent did it. He opened the school. Yeah. Okay, you want you to want to wear a mask? And, and, and wait a minute. And same people. And, and, yeah, and, and by the way, so he, gets on, he only gets 25 kids. And, that's, and let me tell you. Because they they know better, they know, know better. I, I, I'm not gonna. Uh, they 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 weren't willing to to go that route. Thanks for your call, forty twenty four after the hour. Because you can't explain it any other way. You can't explain it any other way. One eight six six eight zero one eight two five five. Now. And and this and 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 here's the other thing I I believe that's going on. If I can keep this anti-vax, anti-mask stuff going, the economy won't improve. Come on, Madison, talk to him. The economy won't improve. And if the economy doesn't improve, <laughs> Guess what we get to do in 2022? We get to blame the Biden administration. Not COVID. See, this you y'all better y'all better pay attention. Cause you know you can't get the economy. Well, well let me put it in a positive. If we can eliminate this pandemic and get back to normal, people start hiring, people start working, people start making a living. And if we can keep this pandemic going, then the economy doesn't improve, and we can use this as a political football, really, to be quite candid, starting now. Because the news will be, economy is not improving. Folks aren't being hired. Folks aren't being hired, they're not working. And we get to blame the current administration. I mean, it it is a, I mean, let me. And if you don't think that's that that's not the game, then you better rethink it because that's what's going on. Because it because the reality is, 
you know what's so interesting? The non-vaxxers, the non-mask wearers, and all these other folks, you know what's really interesting before I go to a break? They don't have a solution as to how to end the pandemic. All the talking we're doing. So if I don't get vaccinated, if you don't wear a mask, you don't get vaccinated, what is your solution to ending the pandemic? They don't have one. We'll continue here with Madison, the Black Eagle, on Sirius XM Urban View. Yes, you might lose a friend because of that conversation, right. but that friend might lose their life if they don't get vaccinated. Simple as that. Um, I've got a, well, I've got a friend. I went to school with him. We played football together. And uh, I guess it's okay. Okay. I got the thumbs up to read this. He's uh, one of the smartest people I know. I've known him now for over 50 years. He's an uh, ER doctor. Um, I got to tell you, um, Dr. Calvin Terrell, he's been practicing emergency medicine for 40 plus years. And this is what he just sent. You ready? I listened with special attention to the emergency physician's recorded plea that you just played as I traveled from my overnight shift in the ED, emergency department. What you did not hear totally was the severe emotional strain, psychological stress that physician is under, that that position is under. I know because I live it daily. A full ED where you are holding patients in the department with multiple critical diseases that you cannot give your full and sometimes very little attention to because the patients keep coming to the ED despite there being no adequate spaces, let alone beds. Wait a minute. Now, understand what he just said. There isn't even space in the hallways. That's what he's saying, let alone a bed to evaluate and treat them. The daily toll of trying to do your best for each sick person when there is only so very little time you have to devote leads to worry about making mistakes, missing vital clues that you normally see, making hourly decisions on which patients 
receive your sometimes life-saving attention at that moment? And which one doesn't? We are human. I'm talking about the the, the doctors and, and nurses, the medical. We are human. And no one wants to be in that position to determine who gets what or when. Especially when you know it can make a difference in their severe morbidity and or death. This pressure, stress, bears a heavy toll on one's psychological and physical health. The physician chuckled about being pooped and tired, but I believe his levity was just a coping measure for psychological trauma he is receiving daily. Just trying to give you and Joe, Sherry and I, a real in-depth perspective of this means and what this means to us. With concern, Calvin Terrell, MD. Practice, he's been practicing emergency medicine for 40 plus years. Like I said, I went to undergraduate school with him. We played ball, football together. You know, I, let me tell you folks something. Do me a favor. Play what that emergency uh, doctor, that clip that Calvin heard, in case some of you didn't hear it. And I always say to you, the voice never lies. And I agree with Calvin, with Dr. Terrell. I agree with him. You know, he kind of joked about I'm poop. That's a coping mechanism. You know, you know. sometimes we say it, it, it's not fun. It would be funny if, or it's not fun. It's a coping mechanism. And Calvin's going through this. That's really, I'm reading with the third eye. I'm reading with the third eye. He's going through this. Play it, Daryl, and then we'll take a, a play it, and then we'll, we'll go to a break in your phone calls. Listen, people, listen. I feel like I wouldn't be doing my job if I didn't say something. This, uh, this COVID is awful. You guys know that. I'm, there's so much misinformation out there. We are drowning in people who are dying with this illness, but I have yet to admit a single person because of a vaccine-related incident. Um, don't want to be political. I just need everybody to really know uh, in over 20 years of doing this, I've never been this busy or this stressed or seen this many sick people. So if you know somebody, give them a reassuring hug and tell them to get their vaccine and don't be stupid and do dumb things because there's no place to admit you if you get sick you're stuck with me until a bed opens up somewhere and that might take days because they're all full of covid people so that's it i'm pooped and i'm tired i think most of the world is too (laughs) 
but we are in this together and when people get political about it and try to pretend this doesn't affect them they're wrong even if you get a mild illness and you pass it on to somebody else that's a hospital bed that I can't send a hip fracture to or a heart attack to in my ER I had to hold on to a meningitis case a stroke case a heart attack and a blood clot in the lung. And these are all people that should have been transferred out to ICUs right away. And there are no ICUs in the state of Iowa. They're all full. So this is bad. It feels like a third world country sometimes. So get your shots, people. get to the uh, phones people have been very patient you know in calvin's uh, uh no room wait a minute no hospital room or space now let me you know we were sharing i ended up at uh gw really great hospital here so went to the emergency room and everything calvin is saying happened um, and so I had to go to the, you know, and you know me, I'm not going to be bashful. Uh, excuse me. And this was like early in the morning, wasn't it? Very early. And, 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 the, and the people were, people were there with all kinds of issues, all kind of issues crowded. And then, uh, well, well, wait a I, doctor comes out, well, let me do this, goes away, can't, and then doesn't come back. Well, well, what happened to the doctor? Oh, they'll get there as soon as they can. Uh, well, what, what happened? I, I mean, a lot of time went by. Oh, okay, so, man, I guess it, we better get, and then finally get in. Uh, because we thought it might be a real serious issue, Right? And, okay, then get a room. But then there were all, every flat space, there was patience. And some of them, I was observing, they haven't been watched. Nurse, I need a blanket. Nurse, I got to go to the restroom. Nurse, I mean, and these, and these, and the thing is, these, these, uh, these, the nurses and the doctors, they wouldn't, come in frowning and they would really they come in they try to have the a good attitude they'd have smiles on their face oh sorry but we got this patient that and you could see they were overwhelmed and that's what calvin's talking about and that's what this doctor is saying i'm sitting up there a man who's got a blood clock in his lungs he could check out in an instant. And then, I'm not going to wear a mask. Why? Because Biden told me to. I'm not going to get vaccinated because this dumbass 45 and all these talk personalities. Oh, no, we're not. We're, and and we, we're anti-vaxxers. For a year, they went through that. For a year. And then what happened? They started showing up in the hospital 
and dying. And dying. And then leaving deathbed messages, I was wrong. Where am I? Let's see. Where's Dick? Uh, Ben from Ohio, go ahead. Hi, Joe. How are you today? I'm okay. Okay. I'm angry. Um, And I really appreciate everything uh, that you've said, especially the political uh, points, that if they deal with the virus appropriately, that they won't have any ammunition. In fact, it's going to work against um, some powerful people uh, in 2022 and beyond. Uh, so I just want to, first of all, agree with that because I've been thinking that for a while and sometimes you think you're being conspiratorial, Yeah, but you hit it, you hit it right on the head. Oh, no. yeah. I mean, almost thought for thought of what I've had yeah. before about uh, what's really behind all of this COVID denial and disinformation. Yep. yep. And it's done on a mass media uh, basis and yep. spreading that virus of lies that are feeding this COVID uh, epidemic. And like you say, it's collateral damage. They're killing other people, killing their own people. That's right. So that they can achieve their political agendas. That's right. And it, it is sinful and it is evil. And I'm angry about and, it. And, but hey, I'm as a friend, a friend I've been knowing for over 50 years, went to high school with. She she texted me, it's demonic. Yes, it is. There's <laughs> she, the word. She said, this is demonic. Man. Yeah. Yes. And 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 social media uh can can do a great service, I think, if they would include a link to COVID facts and information for every one of those conspiratorial uh COVID uh, disinformation. Um, uh, uh, I, I, you may be right, but I, I don't think it makes any difference, to be honest, Ben. Yeah. They don't care. It's uh, Stephanie, Connecticut, 51 after they are really rushing because I'm at the top of the uh, hour here. But go ahead, Stephanie. Hi, I'm, I'm calling from Connecticut, and I'm calling about the mandate, as you were saying earlier about, you know, shirt, shoes, masks. We're in Connecticut, and I would say we're fortunate because our governor has enforced that in schools and in businesses. It's up until September 30th, so hopefully they'll keep doing it. But one thing that made me smile was I'm about to take a flight. You're right. They mandated on the planes and the airports, and if you don't wear it, you. you don't fly and you lose your Thank you. So what's the problem? Thank you. And, and by the way, these fools, you I got, th- I'm glad you brought that up, Stephanie. You're <laughs> absolutely right. And 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 then of course there's these assholes that they that, you know that either they want to fight the flight attendants to the point flight attendants have to damn near take karate lessons, or, you know self defense lessons. Who ever heard of that? Uh, and, and or they they act like little children. Uh, well, I'll I won't wear it properly, you know. I'll wear it halfway off my face and. And and then a flight attendant has to say, excuse me, jackass, you got to put it all the way on your face. And they act like children. They, I mean, even my, my grandchildren, Stephanie, if I say, please put the mask on or please do this, 
they behave. Well, you can't tell me to wear it properly. Then, you know, and, and they always know when to wait. You know when they wait? They wait until you're up in the air. See, because you can't open the door and kick their ass out. But, you know, this just shows you, again, I'll go back to that last caller before you. Um, Let me tell you something. For, For all you truck drivers, all you other folk out here, all you conspiratorial folk, all you folks who want to sit there, you are hearing these people die, 1,500 a day, it is, you are collateral damage. You are collateral damage. In other words, in every war, there will be some folk will have to sacrifice. That's what, what I'm really saying, Stephanie. And these folk, will they, they will sacrifice their asses. And there'll be folks out there who will be sacrificed. They'll call them martyrs. You're just a, I'm a martyr. Because really what we want to do is reduce the population of black and brown people. And here's a way of doing it, number one. Number two, we don't want the economy to get better. That way, come 2022, we can blame it on the Democrats and Biden. That's what's going on. But you're not going to get on that plane unless you wear a mask and everybody else, I guess. Depends on the airlines. You're right. Let's keep rolling. 90 seconds. I can take one more call. Ray from Florida. Go ahead. Good morning, Mr. Madison. It's obvious that the Republican administration was disappointed with the last presidential and senatorial uh, results. And it's an all-out war in the Republican-controlled states to actually affect the African-American community. We see it here in Florida when DeSantis made the law uh, banning protesting. While I saw the Cuban-Americans and Latinos actually march and close all of the streets and nobody was arrested, it then moved to the voting laws, and finally now it's with the abortion laws. So our community really needs to stand up, and we need to really get Manchin on board and stop all of this craziness that's going on within our country. Thank you, sir. And you said it within 30 seconds. That's what I mean when I say get to your point. Because he's telling the truth. He's telling the truth. And the Larry Elders of the world, they're pushing it. That, that's what they're doing. They're just tools. Like Malcolm said, they, they, they go, well, you, hey, go but out with what Malcolm Whenever a black man stands up and says something that white people don't like, then the first thing that white man does is run around to try and find somebody to say something to, to uh, offset what has just been said. So they don't like what I say, so they go and get somebody to offset what I say. You can listen to yours truly, Madison the Black Eagle, live every Monday through Friday on Sirius XM Urban View Channel 126 or anytime on the Sirius XM app.